0: Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, episode seventy-four. My name is Arun Kumar, and I'm the driver. And I'm joined in person today with my co-host Dan Larue. How are you, Dan?
1: Good morning. I am. Uh, I'm doing good. My neck hurts a little bit from the Resorts World pillow last night, but uh, life is great today. First time in person recording. It's uh, it's different. We've had some hiccups, but we're here.
0: It took us about. Forty minutes to get all the hardware set up and working <laughs> properly, and we only
1: broke one thing in the process. So. And then the table tried to eat my my mic clamp. <laughs> you know, it's just it is what it is. Well, we made it. We so. made it. We made it. We're here. And and why are we together in person? Uh we are attending the Sema Show.
0: Yes, we are. Actually, just before we get started, in case this is the first episode you've ever heard, this is a podcast where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. And so if you are interested in any of that, then we have a a reminder for you that if you get any value out of this show, then we would appreciate if you share it. Share it with your friends in your car club or at your gym or at work or wherever you think there are people who share in the driven mindset and can benefit from listening to us. So what is the SEMA show?
1: So the SEMA show is pretty much Disneyland for car people. Uh, It's got pretty much anything you can think of as far as, you know, aftermarket parts, even down to chemicals and software. Uh, You know, buyers come in, they see the exhibitors booths or manufacturers booths and think about product for their shops, their online stores, however it may be. Um, So it's a trade show. Uh, Well, supposed to be a trade show. Now they're kind of letting some public people in on Fridays and whatnot, but uh, it's really cool. There's some really cool stuff to see at the show, from the crazy builds to a Pagani that I know is somewhere around here. There's a Pagani? Okay, yeah. I'll go find the Pagani. But So is it true you can't actually buy
0: anything on the trade show floor?
1: Technically, no. Technically? Technically, no. no. Yeah, I, I think there is uh, there's a relationship piece between uh an attendee buyer and an exhibitor which i think you can do some sort of transactional deals but nothing like i can't bring in like a chrome wheel skin and then sell it to someone right there in person there's nothing
0: for sale yeah there's nothing for sale physically yeah yeah and yeah you can create buyer contracts or, or Correct, whatever yeah. it is at the show which, but you're which not going to walk away with Yeah, it.
1: which is what SEMA is for. It's yeah. for those back-end deals that are that are done through like 6 months to a year, not necessarily like today or tomorrow.
0: And it's it is generally higher volume and not, you know, oh, I need one.
1: Correct. Set of yeah, they're detectors. they're buying hundreds of something at a time.
0: Yeah. So I've come here for for 3 years. When when was your first show? My
1: first show would have been twenty eighteen. No, yeah, twenty eighteen.
0: And as far from the business perspective, what's been one of the most memorable things that happened here?
1: From a business yes, perspective, that, uh, <laughs> we wow. are still yeah, in so Vegas. Yeah, so <laughs> so it, that and that's tough because the, like. <laughs> A lot of the things I do, even after hours of SEMA, are still with people from business. So, so but is it business stuff? <laughs> um, it can be. Um, most memorable. Oh uh, man, I would probably have to say last night. I went to the SEMA PAC party, and what's what's the PAC? So the, the it's a political action committee. They're doing all of like the legislation work, uh, in. Washington D.C. They're meeting with senators, congressmen, trying to make sure that um, that race cars, off roaders, you know, anything automotive is still protected. And, and uh, their big thing last night, um, they came out and said that uh, they just want D.C. to see that we want the right of choice and to come up with a compromise, not necessarily like hard, like keep ice forever, don't go to EV. Like we just want to meet in the middle at this point. And they cleaned house in DC last year and brought in a whole new team. They're attacking kind of some smaller projects versus like the big fish, like the RPM Act that was never going to pass. So, uh, but it was last night. It was a smaller room. Uh, it it wasn't as many people as what I thought, and it was cool talking to like some of these higher up CEOs in the performance world and kind of being able to pick their brain and seeing how I could help them get the stuff with the pack moving that presented
0: an interesting opportunity for you. Really. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah.
1: It, it definitely like me being able to go in and say like, Hey, I have some of these connections with some influencers where, you know, they didn't see the value in helping the pack before, but I think what you guys are doing now, I can sell that to them and they're they're open ears cause they want it. They want millions of people to see this stuff.
0: Well, okay. So then, would you say that generally the pack like the the people that are funding at a high level the pack are more bigger performance yes. based companies that are the most threatened by right. Yep. regulation mm-hmm.
1: right now? Yeah, like last night I talked to the CEO of Edelbrock. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that <there you> is <laughs> so you know, they're they're one of the, the bigger fish at yeah, that party. Absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of the issue with the way that they get their funding because you can only pull from the same people so many times. And if they get people out of yours and I's age group to kind of try and help where they can, whether and it doesn't even have to be monetarily, just, right. you know, getting the word out, I think that'll help immensely. Cause I was definitely the youngest person in that room.
0: Have you heard of Northwood university?
1: Yes. I you have. know what it is. Uh, I've met some people from there last year at, at, uh, the FLN reception oh okay yeah it took me by surprise
0: yeah well so they are more the apex side Mm -hmm. so apex is the other trade show that happens alongside SEMA here in in vegas in october november and it is for the non-enthusiast automotive aftermarket right it's it's more repairs yeah it's the technical side of it yeah and uh and it's a huge international presence there because mm-hmm. so much, so many parts are manufactured overseas that right. so many different countries have representation over there, which is cool. But so Northwood is a university in Michigan that educates people and provides basically two different bachelors or two different degrees. They have a bachelor's degree, which is called the Automotive Aftermarket Pre- professional so you get an AAP and then they have a masters that is the MAAP. Okay. And they educate people exclusively on the automotive industry. And they have these set of values and I'm going to get it wrong cuz I only learned this yesterday at the at a awards lunch that they were putting on cuz some of the other people I work with at at Schwartz advisors are pretty heavily involved in Northwood like mm-hmm. one of our partners is the former executive director of Northwood university. One of our other partners is on the board of trustees. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So these are like people very, very heavily involved in Northwood. (laughs) And so the, the values of Northwood, number one is free enterprise. Number two is limited government.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't disagree with them. Yeah. And that's what the political action committee for SEMA really wants it so it's nice to hear that people over at Apex have the same thoughts yeah, and feelings. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, fun fact about Northwood. I used to pass it driving to my grandma's house That's every cool. every year going yeah. up north in Michigan. Yeah, they were like right down the street from it. Yeah. All right. So
0: <laughs> Well, okay, so you just reminded me just how much we
1: deviated
0: at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Do you have a fun fact for us?
1: Oh man, fun fact. Uh I didn't even like prepare for a fun fact um but i I, i'll just you know what you've been to the show so far so we're gonna pivot this what is the coolest thing that you've seen so far
0: okay well so first of all i i've been here for two days i've been to apex for two days okay so i i walked the outside of the sema show this morning at six o'clock okay and saw a bunch of insane stuff but the outdoor section of the SEMA show is more full than I have ever seen it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, out out here, uh, off the central hall, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's awesome Mm -hmm. to see. They've put cars in little back corners that are just these (laughs) insane builds. Right. That, okay, so the coolest car, uh, you may have seen it outside of West Hall. Okay. That strip of cars that are on display that you can vote for for some competition. It's
1: like the... Like the builders or influencers, something, I, something, yeah,
0: something like that. But it's some sort of it's like a, like a Torah, okay, competition. I think. Oh, Tor- Torah put it on. So, yeah. So Torah ah. is the truck and off road alliance within SEMA, and I believe it's a Torah builders competition.
1: Ah, okay. And
0: they display the cars out front of West Hall, on the street, basically, or on the sidewalk. And there was a. Supercharged Hummer H1 on bags that was just Ooh, on the ground. Yes, and it had no fenders and no hood. Yeah, it was insane. That was probably the coolest thing <laughs> that I've okay, seen. Okay, I like it. Like a, a supercharged LS with like a huge like pro ch- like belt driven pro charge. Like yeah, top, like a
1: top out ha- blower and a whole right. line. Yeah,
0: it was it was. Mean looking.
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to check it out when I walk through those doors. Yeah, I, I walked by him today and didn't even like look yeah. at anything. No, it's outside. Yeah, no, I walked. Yeah. I walked outside. Didn't even stop. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: I mean, so. I yeah, I'm, I'd show you a picture, but we're on a podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah that you know I haven't even been inside yet, but inside I know there is you know Tavarish's P1 Evo that is where is that at it's in the valvoline booth okay i have have not
1: ventured out of the west hall yet so yeah so what's the coolest thing you've seen so far um i didn't look at it close but i'm pretty sure this was a car that was here two years ago might have been three years ago Hmm. um it's like it was a lamborghini huracan that caught on fire and then they rebuilt it and they put an LS in it with a sti- oh. with a stick. Yeah, B is I'm pretty for build. sure. I'm pretty sure it's in the West Hall in one of the uh, like the wrap or detailer's booth. Uh, I think it's the same one. If it's not the same one, it looks pretty mean because it's got like the crazy Grand Theft Auto spoiler on it. Where like Ooh. where like it's got these fins that come all the way up to the roof line, and then it's got this giant wing on it. Whoa! It's it's almost like an IMSA spoiler. Okay. So like, like it looks really cool. It, it like because I've only been here for about a day now. And I only saw the show for about two hours. And I was meeting with vendors. So I really didn't stop and look right. at everything just yet. But that was the one thing that I glanced over. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> interesting. I'm going to have to stop and see that. And then I walked in after hours last night. And there's you know there's nobody around. It's nice and quiet. Yeah. You, know, you get to like actually stop in a booth and look at it. And there was... um. There's a Chevy on the, like an old Chevy Coupe on the left side of the West Hall. And it had the biggest Magnuson blower I've ever seen on it. And it's such a clean car. It's like baby <laughs> like baby bluish gray with red interior. Okay. Beautiful. Sounds like a good combo. Yeah. Beautiful car. Yeah.
0: And there's, I mean, so to get back to... Dan's original point on just what is the SEMA show there's something for everybody yes and you've just heard it exotics trucks I I saw I don't know like a 18 inch lift on a super duty like a dually Mm -hmm. just in the sky and my face came up to the bumper
1: (laughs) right yeah and just so the listeners know Rune's very tall like I have to bend my neck up and look at him when I talk to him
0: (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so that I mean the truck itself was I don't know. Uh, Thirteen feet tall. Maybe.
1: I I couldn't my get truck, in. It. There's no way. My truck I get has in a
0: it. five inch lift and it's seven feet tall. So actually, when I said eighteen inch, what I really meant was four foot lift. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't. I seven. don't know
1: how people get in those things. Yeah. <laughs> like I just <laughs> don't. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. At all.
0: Um. All right. And and so I I will provide a fun fact. Okay. The SEMA show this year has 160,000 registered attendees, and all of the exib- exhibition space for both Apex and SEMA was sold out.
1: Yep, uh, that was something they were very proud of on uh, on my Future Leaders Network calls when they got on. That they were they were happy that they were at pre-COVID numbers exactly, again. Yeah.
0: So the industry, and this is this is interesting to think about how representative the sema show is of the industry as a whole because really the industry as a whole was doing better last year Mm -hmm. than it is doing this year so it's more about the fact that as a as a human society we're getting back to you know in-person events and people aren't scared and and people Mm -hmm. realize that we can come together and and share in what we love in the automotive industry especially
1: yeah and it's been really interesting like cause we saw this big boom in revenue across the industry last year. And like I was talking to some people and one of them was a SEMA board member last night and everyone's just kind of not where they want to be. Like they're still doing well, but they're not doing overly well. Like they did last year. The
0: the standards of 20% or 50% growth. Yeah. And some people
1: are down. Some people are up. Like I know I'm up, um, but, you know, maybe that's just because of other things that were going on. But who knows? Right. You know, as long as the trend keeps going where the industry grows, I think it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's do our, our Bring a Trailer segment. And since we are, uh, sorry, not our Bring a Trailer segment, our auction segment. <laughs> but since we're here in person, we just have to rem- remember to tell the listeners what we're looking at here. <laughs> So, I have for you something that you probably don't want, but it's close to something you want. Okay. So I have a, a twenty-four thousand mile twenty eleven Lotus Evora two plus two six speed. Oh, is
1: that the one that you texted me? No. no oh, different one. No, different car. Different one.
0: And this one, yeah, twenty-four thousand miles, six speed manual. It's silver, it's bone stock. Oh, not bone stock. Well. Uh, I don't know if Eibach Springs and Bilstein shocks are stock, but it's a Illinois, New York, and Florida car. And uh, it looks like a stock Aura. So not much like more to say silver. about it.
1: That is nice.
0: Oh, it has, ooh. Accident reported in 2014 in which the airbags deployed.
1: That explains why it's 17 grand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So I threw a wrench in there a little bit with the price.
1: Airbag deploy, huh? Man, that is a cool looking car though.
0: I think there are pictures in the, Oh, they put the, a V
1: six in that.
0: This is the Camry motor. Yeah. Camry V six.
1: Man, I bet that thing flies with with some boost on it. <laughs> I think
0: I think a couple people have boosted Evoras.
1: Yeah, you you don't typically see Evoras. It's kind of a a more niche car. Um, it's seventeen accident reported with a day huh. to go.
0: Yeah, and there are photos of the accident in the listing, and they are not. It doesn't look that bad. The
1: problem is, it was—it's a small car, so that explains why, it, like, the bags would go off.
0: Yeah, I guess. Probably a bigger. Well, I, yeah, okay.
1: Because it probably moved like five feet from. Yeah. <laughs> like when it got hit. Yeah, it really doesn't look that bad. Like it's just a sideswipe. Right. Um.
0: Some variables on this one for you.
1: I bet I'm gonna go with twenty-five
0: already. And then to update our listeners on on some past guesses here. So you guessed 25,000 last week on that S4 manual and I thought you were smoking crack because it was at 11,000 with like a day to go. Yep. And you were like, "Oh yeah, that that should be like 25." And you said it so confidently. And I was like, "What? I don't Did you see where it's at right now? It's not even half that." And then in the last hour, it went from like fourteen to twenty-two to fifty. Yep. <laughs> so you were off by twelve percent. And then the Nova. that I you looked gave, at them long enough. <laughs> you've looked at them long enough, yeah, for sure. Uh, the Nova that you gave me basically didn't change from where no. it was, and you gave me a really short auction, so it had like two hours yeah, left. It was at seventeen right. five, I guess eighteen grand, but it went for seventeen five. So I was off by three percent. My cumulative average is at 22% and Dan's you're at 21. Man, so. we're
1: still keeping it close. Yeah. I, it's
0: a interesting statistical experiment we've done. Right. Here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a hard time not giving you a 1980s car again, just because uh, they're so great. they're everywhere. Like literally everywhere. Hmm. Um, that's not that's a lie. They're not everywhere. On Bring a Trailer, they are. You mean what? what what's that? Or auction websites? <laughs> Anonymous auction website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one kind of is short. It's got three hours to go. This okay. is in honor of a car I saw yesterday. It's a Pagani. No, it is a nineteen sixty three oh. Jaguar XKE series. coupe
0: so i saw this on our auction platform here oh wait
1: yeah i remember that yeah okay never mind i didn't i I take it back yep it's uh it's a 3.8 liter inline six it's got a four speed manual which is different than the one i saw yesterday uh it's red called medium garnet red and tan (laughs) leather upholstery so Pretty common for a Jaguar of the area to have that color scheme. Um, it's very pretty. It's very pretty. I like that this one's a manual. The, I, I, so, for the listeners, I saw one uh, in E-Type yesterday. Uh, very close. I think there was a little bit difference in years, but it was an automatic in green, but almost identical. Oh, that one was an automatic? Yes, it was. I was surprised that it was an auto. But, so. But yeah, I saw it on on uh on this website this morning and I'm like, "Oh, I'm going with this." <laughs> so I am very concerned. Okay.
0: About this car. <laughs> Why? What what are your concerns? Um so the current bid is $44,250. Mhm. The last 3 XKE series 1 coupes to go on this website all went for at least a 140,000.
1: Yeah, so based on the comments that I'm reading, it looks like there might have been some issues with the with a rebuild or replacements of parts uh like, there's someone calling out that the gauges aren't right. Yeah. So, maybe that's part of the problem. I don't... I mean, yeah, I hmm. don't know. I thought it was cheap, too, at 44250 two fifty at the moment with three hours to go. Yikes. I don't know. I and <laughs> Yeah, I know. This one was tough. I wouldn't Ugh. know where to put it either. And they're... it doesn't show reserve. Which is really no, it, they never show what I'll what the reserve did. is. But yeah, it's a it's an interesting car. Um, I think they're beautiful. I'm gonna
0: guess this goes up to
1: a uh, hundred. That's some that. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to go there? Yeah. Okay. I I might be completely wrong, but because. I mean, the last bid was this morning, so. Maybe all the, the Jaguar owners.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that Top Gear where they mm. where they Mm-mm. pretended to be Jaguar owners? No. Basically, think... they say Jaguar owners are super sleazy people <laughs> that just steal <laughs> things from you. And it's okay because they have a Jag. So, yeah. they're just borrowing it. I it's get just hear Jeremy Clarkson's
1: voice when he goes, Jag. Yeah,
0: exactly. So... They did a whole episode on that with a bunch of old, terrible Jaguars. <laughs> but, yeah, this one, maybe they're all like, mm, right at the last minute I'll slip in a bid just just in case I win it. And then it yeah, goes up to 100000 That's I'm, what I think is going to happen. I'm going to
1: assume that this doesn't meet reserve.
0: Oh, yeah, same. I, w- I would make I, a similar I would assume, assumption.
1: But Man, it, Yeah, that's tough. It's a tough car. Thanks for that. We both got wild card issue cars, it seems. <laughs> I I couldn't resist, man. When I saw one in person, I see one for sale. I'm like, wait a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on um, a second. We're, this is what we're doing today.
0: So when you when you come to the SEMA show, do you get
1: inspiration for your own cars? Um, I think I more so did when I had the Mustang than I did the Audi. Um Interestingly enough, the b S S4 manufacturers really don't attend this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at wheels if they've got good ones on display because like, I'm notorious for taking six years to pick out a set of wheels and then I'll sell the car afterwards. <laughs> um, so for me, not particularly, at, at least at this point in my life, if I had something different like a coupe or a sports car maybe but right now no you
0: just want a speedy thing right yeah <laughs> it, it just
1: for for me like i just don't know if there's anything that i would want to add to the audi that would be any different than what i've seen before um uh, but yeah when i had the mustang i was in every single major performance booth like McCloud, cloud tremec uh and
0: you were being annoying
1: no, I just or. want to look at this stuff in person. <laughs> like, I stop at GeForce. Like, I'll stop at um, QA1 today because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm friends with them. They they built a, a beautiful drive shaft for me when I had the Mustang. Nice. Um, so, like, I do visit the Boost. If, like, if I had something where I was putting, like, a ton of hard parts in, like the Mustang, like, I had a full suspension catalog underneath of it. So, it's... Right there's just not <laughs> that kind a of catalog in a car y- yeah there's just not a lot of stuff like that for the audi currently yeah
0: well and that's always domestics in general i think are are the
1: most modified yes. yeah they're so. the majority of the show yeah for sure
0: yeah but even that i mean you you would say that mostly actually because of the truck representation right. here because there are only tundras tacomas <laughs> right <and then> yeah
1: <laughs> chevy ford and right not dodge <laughs> no, yeah not yeah not, <laughs> not many dodges left in, at the sema show did you see
0: the oh i forget what it's called the earth crawler or something like that uh-uh. last year the earth roamer uh-uh. the earth roamers these things were so cool so last year when i came here i actually got excited about overlanding earth. i had never been excited about earth roamers earth roamers i think See if something comes up. It's like a six hundred thousand dollar overlanding build.
1: Overlanding overlander? Earth Roamer Overlander. What the heck is this? Um Well Oh, okay. It's like a uh, these are chevys right oh no one of those
0: they, they they build on all different kind of platforms
1: and they got and they're pretty much like the old camper show dude this thing is sweet yeah
0: isn't that insane
1: i wish my wife liked to camp because i would i would do this yeah that is cool i did like, not see that. i want
0: that so bad that looks so sick yeah where were those <laughs> at last year in the corner of west hall in the back corner.
1: See, my problem was I worked a booth for three days last year, so yeah. that might be why I didn't see it. But those suckers are cool. Yeah. So go check year? these out this year. I don't know if they're there again. Oh, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna hope they are because I, yeah. would, I'm gonna check that out. I might try and steal it. <laughs> I'll get out. I'll just run over stuff. But they're also
0: really luxurious
1: inside. Yeah, they like so. just looking at it from the outside in a photograph. I can tell you there's quality there based yeah. on like the windows. Those look the window <laughs> it looks clean <laughs> yeah it doesn't look like your typical like camper window yeah so
0: listeners go look up earth dot com. yeah not sponsored those
1: are freaking awesome i want one now yeah
0: but so this you know i i am not an outdoorsy person i'll just say that you're not i'm not an outdoorsy person <laughs> and i hate camping but if i had one of these I would probably get into it. But do I really want to spend, you know, six hundred thousand dollars to be really into it? If you'd have to do it frequently. Like my yeah. parents have an R V and they go out every weekend mm. and it's worth it for that. Yeah,
1: but dude, I would I would do this in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> in a heartbeat. But my wife's just like you. If, it, not outdoors, if it's not glamping, she's not camping. Glamping. <laughs> I do this thing called staying in hotels. Yep, that's her thing. She's and, like, and, she's like, you can stay in a tent. I'll go find a hotel.
0: Yeah, but my thing is I don't mind roughing it, but I don't want to rough it more than 12 hours at a time or right. 16 hours at a time. Like, I will do a really long road trip through the middle of nowhere
1: mm-hmm. and f- kind of feel like I'm roughing it just... I have a vehicle at least. Yeah, it seemed like for me growing up, we'd spend weeks at a time out in the woods camping, so it's like... No, no, no. It's <laughs> nothing for me. <laughs> Not Like, dude, some of the best steak I've ever eaten has been Not out of a cooler steak, after yeah. it's been sitting in a cooler for two days and then grilled over the fire with just butter, salt, and pepper. I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, dude, it's some of the best steak <laughs> I've ever had.
0: Now I'm hungry. <laughs> 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 All right, well, okay, so... I think what what I want to accomplish with this episode is just because we're here, we're at the SEMA show, and I bet a lot of our listeners have never been.
1: Maybe never heard.
0: Maybe never heard, but frequently people have heard of
1: oh, SEMA,
0: the SEMA show. That sounds really cool. I want to go there. That's where all the dream cars are. And as we are talking about it, yeah, that's where all the dream cars are.
1: Yeah, they're... There are definitely dream cars here, and there are also half-built dream cars here. Yes, that's so you have true. to be careful what you're looking at sometimes. Yeah,
0: well, but at the end of the day, I mean, you can you can, you can appreciate finish something yeah. for what it is, even if in its current state, whether they're trying to hide something or not. Uh, but I think what is important for the message for today is basically how do you how do you get here if you want to get here.
1: Yeah. So for me, I had to convince, you know, my boss at the time of what was the value add for me to go. So if you're not a business owner and you have management and you're in the automotive industry, uh, you have to start with figuring out what's the value that you're going to take back from SEMA. Uh, Yes, it's cool to just attend and look around but if you're really going to make it worth your while, you're going to do something here, uh, that you can bring back to your company, whether it's some sort of networking event or you're talking to your vendors and, you know, trying to start strike deals or finding new vendors. Um, you can't just walk around and look at stuff. Um, so that's step one. You have to be able to convince your management that it's worth it. And if you successfully have done that, uh, then you know you fill out all the paperwork, you find your hotel probably at least 3 months in advance before yep. they skyrocket to 600 bucks yep. and you get your plane ticket and you fly <laughs> out here and you enjoy yourself. And and you work. You and
0: you work. work. Yeah, because it looks like a party. Yes. Right, especially for all the media people that come out here. The face of it is definitely
1: party. But underneath there is actually a lot of business. Yeah, there, right there's multi-million dollar transactions that are happening as we're speaking. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: yeah, that's that's what's cool about it. And so, yeah, sure. They have the Hoonigan Burnyard. They have mm-hmm. all sorts of different promotional events and fun stuff and the show cars and everything. But really, if you're not here to make some sort of transaction happen or to build relationships in this industry so that you can make those transactions happen in the future yeah, you are wasting your time here mm-hmm. because I don't care how cool the cars are. It's not worth the trip right. to, to come out here during one of the most, you know, expensive weeks of the year yeah, to not be in this area
1: at all. Yeah. And, and like for me, my first year, you know, I was able to convince my boss on the basis of, you know, some other coworkers went and, you know, I wanted to meet some people. Um, uh, but I, I did the whole four days and did a lot of walking, did a lot of sightseeing more than I really did working. So when year two came around, I had to reconvince him of why I needed to go. And luckily we were doing the, uh, the pro cup challenge. So the professional Mm -hmm. restarters organization uh, build competition and we sure. built one. So my selling was I was going to drive out on Sunday, drop the Jeep off in the booth and then stay all week and then drive it home. So that was nice. My, that was my <laughs> sell.
0: So. And, and yeah, for me, it's, I need to meet business owners who want to sell their companies. I want to meet business owners who are trying to buy companies. Mm-hmm. I need to meet people in business development who are here trying to find new MA deals. And I need to familiarize myself with the marketplace, which does mean really, I'm not looking at the cars. I'm looking at the brand names. Right, yeah.
1: Brand names, the potential buyers that are in booths. What, what do the sellers look like in their booths? Yeah, you, your Your job is, is interesting while you're here.
0: Yeah, because I actually can't accomplish very much
1: at the show. Right, it's all post. It's
0: all after the fact. Yeah. And I just have to covertly hand people a business <laughs> card and yeah. make sure that we're whispering away from their booth so their employees don't hear. Right. So which like, is its own. Which. So I have to go basically without my name tag. it's it's a really fun stealth i'm always like i always want to be (laughs) there and and there are so (laughs)
1: many people like you that that do that and like i was talking to someone last night and i asked him if he was working in his manufacturer's booth he goes no i'm just kind of walking around looking at at other other stuff i'm like oh so you're doing some espionage work i see what you're doing here and and there's so much of that and you know that their company you know they're respectful about it, but there are some that are here like from overseas that will blatantly come up and they will just take photos and then they'll just run away. <laughs> Cause they're just trying to hijack <laughs> the product and take it overseas and sell it cheap on eBay. I'm running away. <laughs> Dude, they, they straight up do it in the West Hall. It's crazy. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for me now it's the sell for SEMA is a lot easier because after my second year I wanted to get more involved with pro and then, uh, it was suggested that I try FLN uh, Yen at the time. And, you know, I started doing some things with them. And so I started networking and, you know, doing some educational stuff for them. So that helps me as a professional and be better in my business day to day. And then on the same side of the token, like, I'll just go sit in my vendor booth and BS with them. Cause it's the only time I ever get to see them and hang out. And I can honestly say it, my three major vendors that are here, uh, you know, we're all good friends. You know, it's good to reconnect and rehash the relationships. And, you know, when I'm not working in their booths because they all try and get me to work for them, um, (laughs) I'm I'm venturing the West Hall trying to find the next product for Chrome Enhancements. And if I find one this year, great. If I don't, then we, you know, we continue to do our bread and butter. It's just kind of depends on the year and who shows up. Sure. And and also just that point on relationships is so huge because
0: you can build a relationship about i don't know a hundred times faster in person over over the phone and you can have a you know surface level buddy you know that you call every day Mm -hmm. or or every week to buy product from or whatever but when you get to hang out in person and see the products and talk about the future and, and just see where an organic conversation goes yep you're gonna get so much closer and then that's where the real what's the word i'm looking for differentiating value comes from is that okay now you're not just getting the prices that everybody else is getting now you're not just getting getting the the friends and family price you're getting (laughs) the friends and family price and free overnight shipping yep and that goes a, a very long way in business oh yeah so that, yeah that's really what this is about and so that's where i'll come back to the fact that yeah sold out show tons of attendees and the i mean the the whole sema fest thing doesn't seem to be affecting the way that the show has traditionally worked and no, the, the it, way the show traditionally worked it really
1: doesn't and i'm going on friday um uh, you know because we're going to be here in town anyway you know through the weekend so i was like all right what let's go. There's some bands we like. So I'm <laughs> <Sounds> so excited. <laughs> well, it's not really what I want to do, but I'm going to go because I'm curious to see, um, what it actually is and what it could be. Uh, I just, I think, I think their messaging was a little late on some things with it. And I'm, I'm hoping that they get to the turn out that they, they want, um, I'm just a little hesitant about it because I I just don't want the SEMA show to turn into this big, like public hoopla. Like I just, I want, I still want it to be a trade show. And I don't know if we have that answer of what SEMA is going to be in five years, 10 years, you know,
0: but we have talked about the political action committee and what they're doing. We've talked about councils and networks Mm -hmm. and what they do the show and what it does for the industry, right? Because at the end of the day, this is an industry trade association for however many cool cars and and people just come to you know take pictures and YouTube videos and and look at cool cars and be mm-hmm. around the industry. At the end of the day, yeah, we're still here to make money, and we want to make money off of those consumers, but we don't want them in that environment because right, that's the, those are pretty much the the closed door type. Yeah, and, and like
1: even through the week, you, you know, you get the people that got badges because they know someone at a business, and right. and they're clearly tire kickers, and all they do is waste time for the booth members, and like that may that fifteen minutes of them tire kicking you, asking you if you got something for their '67 Chevy, like you might have missed someone walking by that really could have been a customer. So it's, it's hard and they're, you know, they do the normal consumer day on Friday. Um, so, which is fine. I'm cool with a public day at the end of the week, but I, I just want SEMA fest to have the messaging saying, Hey, these are for the enthusiasts that don't go to the show and it's helping the political action committee. It's bringing dollars to that. And, you know, give it some more attention than what it probably got this year. So yeah. I, I, I'm excited to go. My wife is more excited. There's a lot of bands playing Friday that <laughs> she's super into. So, Good. you know, I I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a huge festival fan. Yeah, me neither. So yeah. it, I like going to concerts. Don't get me wrong. I love going to especially rock concerts. <laughs> but uh, festival format is not for me. Like yeah. I'd rather go sit in the stadium and rock out there. <laughs> i haven't done i haven't done all that much or or even even better we used to have like a like a small like rock bar in omaha and heather and i we would just stand front row at the stage where this like giant 10 foot speaker that's just blaring in our ears and we're just rocking out (laughs) you were complaining about tinnitus before we started (laughs) i know (laughs) and that's part of my problem heather and i before we had hadley we were I think there was a year we went to every major rock show in town. Dang, yeah, like <laughs> That's we, cool. we were so into it. <laughs> nice. But now, I, shoot, I couldn't tell you the last concert I've been to, <laughs> which is sad. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, well, we
0: all grow up and priorities. Yeah,
1: situation. I became an adult.
0: <laughs> wow, well,
1: that you can still go to rock concerts. as Oh an adult. yeah. Oh, and I would. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent, and I would get floor seats to a band I really love and go stand right at the front. Yeah. There's n- there's nothing you can't do if you. Make it a priority <laughs> right. just to wedge the motivational content. Yeah, the problem here. is there, there really hasn't been anybody I've been like, man, I want to go see them. Like I in Nebraska ad for Disturbed is coming to, yep. to I the did Bay see area. their. Uh, in Creed is going back on <laughs> tour for uh, the summer of 99 tour. <laughs> of course, they're not coming anywhere close to Omaha.
0: Yeah, why would you?
1: I would 100% Fly go. Fly over states. I would 100% <laughs> go see Creed. 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, well, all right. I hope this was an educational <laughs> episode for the, for the people. Um, you have anything else?
1: No. If there are any listeners out there that, you know, you, you work in the automotive industry and you want to go to SEMA and you're struggling to figure out how you can go, please reach out. Arun and I can help you, you know, yeah. whether that's finding, you know, a purpose for you to, you know, bring back to your boss or us even trying to figure out how to get you there um we'll do it we want people to see it you know and and
0: make it productive because right. it's and this is something that you know i feel fortunate that i'm plugged in on a on a much bigger scale than just like oh the local automotive community mm-hmm. or whatever this is how you elevate your standards in the industry because yep. you get to see what everybody all over the world is doing Yep, and and that goes a very long way and for that it's worth the investment if you come here with the intention of creating that value for yourself all right so i think that's all we got for today and uh we'll see how this in-person episode turns out and if we need to start
1: doing more travel (laughs) (laughs) i I am down to travel and i think it'll turn out fine i've been watching the the mic gauge and didn't seem to be picking you up so
0: (laughs) but uh yeah we appreciate everybody listening and until next time Stay driven.